Hey, everybody. Wow, I haven't had a chance to do Backstage Pass in a little while, so I thought I would take this opportunity at the beginning of episode number 371 to show you what I've accomplished this week. Of course, I got the TARDIS decal up on the door. This is exciting. Uh, I'm really excited to have the Doctor Who TARDIS up in Studio D. Here we are. So before we start the show tonight, I just wanted to show it to you. There it is. The TARDIS, ladies and gentlemen. Are you kidding me? I got this thing at thinkgeek.com. What on? Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Kid and your host, Robbie Ferguson. TARDIS for 60 years. Oh boy, I'd forgotten how beautiful Studio D looks. If my calculations are correct, the show is about to begin. Sasha should be arriving any time now. I guess I'd better get ready. Hopefully people don't mind the fact that while 60 years have passed for me, it's only been a couple of minutes for you. I'm so happy to be here. Hasn't changed a bit. Okay, I made it. Rob- oh, I haven't been here in so long. Robbie. Robbie. Sasha? Where have you been? What's going on? I must have messed up my calculation. Sixty years I've been waiting for episode 371. You mean I literally just went into the closet for sixty years? Every week. Every week Come I laid on. a brick. I Every week I until I waited. Time. Uh, 
You did this. Every week, one brick. Waiting. Well, thanks. It looks great. Thank you. I wish I could have seen it before I was 90 years old. Would you have a seat with me and let's talk about what's coming up and what we're doing with the show? I suppose all this stuff... aching back. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. Episode number 371. Might as well stay a while. (laughs) I still got this problem. You're you're a little less bald. A little less. I've been letting it grow out and it is what it is. I tried. I am Sasha Dermatis. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to the show. Finally. How's that? Oh. I got you all logged in and everything. Oh, thank I'm you. still a good guy. Okay. All right. What's coming up? All right. I want to tell you. Tonight, I'm going to go back in time here. I'm going to think about how it was that I used to program. I'm going to show you how to make some programs. We're going to take PHP. It's a programming language. If I can remember how to do it, I'm going to show you how to build a form. A form. A form. A form. So that you can contact people. Oh. On a website and such. Oh. Well, I have, uh, I have some news to tell you. Okay. What's, what's coming up? Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. A huge computer retail chain in the UK is denying warranty to users who install Linux. What? I know. I'm furious about that. Linux. Unbelievable. Here's good news. Fake Microsoft Microsoft support callers have had their accounts frozen by a US court. <laughs> yep. Your love for Linux might help you get a job. Nice. Yeah. I need a job. I've been out of work for 60 years. That's right. And delicious, mmm, delicious, has been blacklisted by Google. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. All right. There you have it. There People we are go. People saying in the chat room, what, what <laughs> on earth is going on? Friday is Halloween, folks. (laughs) So welcome to the show. It's going to be fun tonight. We're seriously going to have a lot of fun. Yes. First, (laughs) I have to tell you. What? Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And... The International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Nice. Pull out your mobile device. Scan that code. Go to a really cool website, m.cat5.tv. All right. Yeah, hasn't the year flown by? Here we are. It's October the 28th, episode number 371. It's going to be even creepier when I talk in my normal voice. <laughs> it, it is a lot creepier when is it? Robbie gets normal. <laughs> what if I talked like that? What if I just gave you the normal Robbie voice? Is that <laughs> creepy? Is that creepy, folks? What was last year? Last year was um, Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man and Spider-Lady. That's right. <laughs> oh, the time has flown. Oh, yes. Uh, what do you think, Hey, eh? All right. Yeah, look at this 
brick wall. It looks fantastic. Thank you very, very much to Vicky who came over and gave me a hand. Actually, she kind of did all the work. I gave her a to, hand. Yeah, I. <laughs> fantastic, and it's uh, it's really kind of muted the tones in the studio. So thank you very much. Also, thinking about Studio D, thank you to those of you who have contributed to the Studio D project. Uh, as of late, we have raised 39% of our goal to get a couple of uh, dishes that are going to go, one's going to go on the roof here, one's going to go on a roof across town, and we're going to be able to send the internet signal wirelessly, and that's going to save us a ton of money uh, on the month to month. So that's something that we're working toward. You can find out more on my blog, baldnerd.com, and uh, you'll see all the information there about how I plan to get the internet to Studio D. Thank you to those of you who have contributed toward that. As I say, 39%, that's $400. That's, that's has incredible. Been raised toward it so far. So uh, we have to raise $1,017 in order to get the hardware that's necessary in order to do that. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Thank you, everybody, for your support. The uh, chat room is saying that definitely... Yes. Your normal voice is creepier than it's your normal unanimous. voice. It's not that my normal voice is creepy per se. It's that the face doesn't quite work with the voice. Yes. So if you'd rather, I'll do the whole show just like that. But then those <laughs> who are listening on Category 5 radio or to the on-demand MP3 files are wondering what is going on. That would be even weirder to them. <laughs> So I'm, I'm probably just going to shift in between. Shift back and forth. Back and forth. Back the, and forth. The Category f 5 sign. Rob yes. Gore is asking about uh, if it's going to go up on the brick wall. We're working on getting a vinyl the a decal made up that is going to actually go on the blue wall uh, in our right. inter interview area. Uh, we don't yet have one to put up on the new brick wall. Uh, but we're working on uh, on that area, anyways. But yeah, I had the thought ever since putting up the brick that yeah, it might it might look kind of nice. It um, would look. But we don't have a way to affix the old sign because it's a magnet. So oh. before before we had a drape, so we could put a piece of uh, rare earth magnet on the back of the drape, right. and then we could stick up the sign. Oh. Easy peasy, right? But could you uh, screw magnets onto the wall? I thought about it, but then we'd have holes in the in the in the. Uh, Right. In the brick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. The brick. All right. Uh, okay. Have you been following Backstage Pass on Studio D? We've got a lot of exciting stuff. And in fact, while we were putting together tonight's intro, I filmed everything for you so you'll be able to see how that was done. You can find that on, on your Roku device. If you haven't already added us to your Roku, uh, make sure you go to cat5.tv slash Roku channel. Okay. Have you got a Roku yet? No, but I'm looking into getting one, and this That's answers a, a lot of questions. Have you got a Roku yet? Yeah, cat5.tv slash Roku. We've laid it out for you in, in easy-to-understand lingo. What is different about each of the models? Mm -hmm. Why you might want a, Ro a Roku 2 versus a Roku first uh, number 1. Why you might want a Roku 3. What is a Roku? Roku is a small device that you can plug into your TV. Uh, the Roku 2 and the Roku 1 are compatible with any kind of TV, be it an HD TV or the old style, the mm -hmm. CRT, the, you know, the big TVs. So those will work with that. Imagine being able to take your old CRT TV and turn it into a smart TV, be able to watch internet-based TV shows right there. 
YouTube right there. Netflix right there. It's awesome. And they're cheap. Uh, and you can get them uh, in the HD model as well, the, uh, the, full, uh, the full number three. Do they three. use a lot of data? Well, that is relative to what, what you're watching and where you're streaming it from. Of course, you're going to be using your home internet service. Right. Right? So it's not like us where you're using the cellular internet to stream your videos. You're going to be using a, probably a hardwired connection, I would think. So uh, you, would, you would be piggybacking off of that bandwidth. Okay. How much you use, though? I mean, Netflix, for example, as a service, you can log into your Netflix account and select, based on the type of TV that you're using, a lesser bandwidth profile. For me at home, for example, I do have a CRT in the in the rec room. So on the CRT, we have our Netflix account set down to 360p so that it doesn't accidentally stream a 720p video, right. which is, you know, three, four times the resolution, three, four times the bandwidth. We want to we want to cut that down and, and it does a great job. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the device. But. Got it. They are awesome. Category 5 TV is incidentally the number two highest rated science and tech show on the Roku platform. Over 8 million units sold and we have a growing number of subscribers on our channel. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for voting. I don't often look like this. The lighting uh, in so here if you're is new here. Yeah, it's perfect. the lighting. It's the lighting. It's the lighting. Yeah. Ever since yeah. that new brick wall went up. <laughs> it's just the shadows. That's right. The shadows being cast. We have some newly registered viewers. Welcome. Welcome to you. C. Tweaker. Isaac. Hey, yeah. Reflorzy or Zai. Yegorius. Reventant Oni. Brewski. Scoggs. Was that Brewski? Brewski. Brewski. Yeah. Um, 5E Switch Tech. Rand. 31. Oh, wow. <laughs> 31,552. Well, welcome to the show. Yes. We have uh, PC Sar, Jason Phillips, Larry, Texas Chief. It's Texas up there. And Viewers all over the world. We've got Atlanta. We've got... All these places that I, I've never been. Yeah. Net Gnome is somewhere in there. Banjo Man. Isilcron. Viewer, Eastier. And Dave the Tech, welcome. There's Montreal and Amsterdam. Viewers watching tonight from all over the world, welcome to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and tonight is, incidentally, our Halloween special. In case you were wondering who these old people are. (laughs) Now you know. My hair is gray. At least I have hair. <laughs> oh, I hope I look this good in 60 years. <laughs> ah. Ah. Oh, great. Hey, chat room. Nice to see you. Dave Maid, who's joining us tonight. DJ Quad Jot. Uh, Kayoshi Ninja. Mm. Napa Polar Bear. We've got people joining us in our live chat from all around the world. Hey, uh, okay. There, I know off the top of the show, for those of you watching on YouTube, I, I know you're skipping over the stuff we're saying, but there's some things that you need to hear uh, because this is, this is general housekeeping off the top. We're going to get to our feature. We're going to get to your viewer questions as well. Join us in the chat room. i got to tell you, though, Studio D is looking great. It's coming together. 
And so much so that we're going to celebrate, and we want you to come join us right here at Studio D. It's November 8th. I hope you can make it. It's an open house for Studio D. You get to meet the cast of the show. You get to hang out with us. You get to take a tour of the studio, see how we actually do things around here. Admission is absolutely free, while a donation is gratefully appreciated. If you'd like to find out more information, get your tickets and directions, cat5.tv slash openhouse. That's cat5.tv slash open house. And I can't wait to meet you. Make the trip. It is going to be so much fun. And if you're wondering, we are in beautiful Barrie, Ontario, Canada. So if that is local enough to you that you can get here, if you're going to be traveling on business, uh, or if you've got some extra air miles that you want to spend, <laughs> here you go. Come Bring and join them us. here. Wow. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, great to see everybody. I'm going to get over to cat5.tv, uh, pardon me, demo.cat5.tv slash 018. Okay. So if you want to bring that up, you're going to see that there is a file sitting there waiting for you. And tonight we're going to uh, show you how to do this at the request of our viewer, Phil, who uh, wants to learn how to create some PHP development. We're taking PHP development and, and kind of starting with the beginner and inter- intermediate stuff. Right. I'm going to do my best as an old dog. I want to show you what I've learned over the years. <laughs> so what we're going to learn tonight, this is the third part in our series, uh, Beginner to Intermediate PHP Development. Uh, and in this, our third part, we are going to learn how to actually take a form and create a PHP uh, pro, a form that you can submit on your website. So what does that mean? If you run a website, you need to have an abil- the ability to mask your email address and have people contact you through, uh, through the website. So a okay. form gives you the ability to do that without exposing your... Sorry, my face is melting? starting to... Yeah, it's starting to melt. Uh, you need to be able to do that without exposing your email address because, of course, the spam bots are going to get a hold of it if you just reveal your email address. Not to mention, you know what? There's a convenience factor to going to a website, clicking on Contact Us, and being able to just type your email. Yes. Rather than clicking on an email address only to find, oh, I don't have an email program set up because I use Gmail. So then i got to copy the email address. I've got to log into my Gmail. I've got to put in the email address, and then i got to type I, my email. I can honestly tell you I wouldn't do that. You would just avoid I would avoid it. There are so many simpler things. I wouldn't take that many steps. So there you go. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering why people don't email you, it's because you don't have this form in place. And here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. Okay, so one of the things... Okay, we're going to head over to demo.cat5.tv slash 018. And that is going to give us just this directory here. And I've got this form. It's a bootstrap contact form. And one of the problems when a designer releases a form like this, you put it up on the web, you get it on GitHub, you, you want to share with the community, you want to give it out for free. And the first thing that happens, take a guess, comments start rolling in. And those comments are not, wow, thank you for this beautiful contact form that you've created. The comments are instead, hey, I downloaded it. And I typed it, and I tried it, I put it on my web server, and then I hit send, and it did nothing. Well, of course. It's just the form. It's the template. We need to do, we need to actually process that form. Well, what's going to happen when someone hits send? 
Well, we haven't told it yet. It's just a form. It's just something that you fill in, but it doesn't actually do anything. It's not programmed yet. That's what we're going to do tonight. So this form, if we look at the source code, I'm going to bring it up on my screen here. Okay, so I'm opening the source here so that we can take a look. And you'll see that it literally is just a form. There is some nice validation here. So that, sorry, I'm just going to adjust my microphone here just so that it's not rustling against my faux face. Is that better? <laughs> there you go. How does that sound? Oi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to it. All right, so this code you can see is just literally a form. It's got bootstrap, it's got a couple of style sheets, and it's loading through CDNJS, which is a cloud... Uh, distribution for JavaScript code and CSS. It's brilliant. So this is pretty great. Uh, you can you can get this code uh, just by going to demo.cat5.tv slash 018 view source. And there you go. It's all yours. Uh, it's just from various demos that I've accumulated off of the internet. Okay. So when I send this form, it does absolutely nothing. We've established that because we downloaded it. We put it on our website and it does nothing. Well, what good is it then? Let's program it. Let's make it do something. So the first thing that we notice is that it's an HTML file. Can't really do anything with that. It's a flat output file, and it doesn't let you actually do any server-side stuff. So let's take that file, and let's rename it a .php file. It's literally as simple as that, .php, to turn this file now into the PHP programming language. No conversion necessary. See if it took. Oh, it's just waiting for me. Because I haven't connected for a while, so I think it might time out. So by renaming that file, we are now going to be able to manipulate it in with the PHP parser. Okay? So let's try that again. I'm just going to rename that file. I wasn't quite connected there. There we go. Okay, so now we've got it as a PHP file. So now, what's different about a PHP file, for example, when I edit this file... Let's say I do some PHP here. Always open your PHP like that and close it like that. So if I do something here, let's say um, dollar sign $test equals 1. So I just want to demonstrate that, okay, yeah, that's, that's happening. Uh, and somewhere else in the file, if I go here, I can actually echo that out with shorthand code. All right. Just like that. So it's actually going to put the number one at the beginning of our page. So I'm going to save that, which is going to upload it via FileZilla here. And if I refresh, well, I need to change over to the PHP file. You'll notice it outputs one. But what would you expect if I, if I view the source code of that? You would expect to see opening PHP tags and dollar sign $test equals one and then echo one or test, right? But you're not going to see that. Let's view the source. Even though it is outputting one, what are we going to see? Well, where's the PHP code? It's not there. There's the number one. Well, why is it only showing me the output? Well, that's because PHP is a server-side programming language. So everything that it does is going to happen on the server, and then it's going to send the rendered output of that to the browser. So when you look at the source of a PHP file, you're not actually seeing the source. You're seeing the source of the output. Okay, So it's a, it's a big difference there. So what we're going to do now is all server-side stuff. This is stuff to make it actually work 
as a contact form. So we know we do have this nice, attractive-looking uh, contact form that has validation. So if I type in a, a bad email address, it's going to say this is not a valid email address. And that's all done through jQuery and some bootstrapping. And that's all part of this, this file. So you don't need to worry about that because we're not learning HTML today. We're learning PHP. So up at the top of this file, the easiest thing to get me started is to open PHP and type print r dollar sign underscore post. Okay, so what is dollar sign post with an underscore and all uppercase? That is what I'm posting to this form. Because if you look at the form, here's the form opener, and you'll see that the method is post. It might be get. And if it's get, then in that case, you would change that to dollar sign underscore get. get. Yes. Okay, well done. <laughs> so what is it going to do when I print R it? It's going to output the array. So if I save this, and I'm going to now submit it. So I'm going to type in Robbie Ferguson. I'm going to type in my email address live at category5.tv, and my message is going to be, hello there, testing this form. Now when I hit send, it's going to do something different. It's going to actually output an array. But notice, it's only sending me my email address. Well, what good is that? Where's my message? Where's everything else? Well, there's something going on with my HTML. So let's look back at my source code, and that's going to be within the form. So you know, okay, look at email. What do we notice? Type email. Name, email. That's important. Placeholder, email. It can get confusing because often the ID, the class, the type are going to be the same. Type is email. What does that mean? That's the type of input for the validator. The name is email. That's what's submitted to post. That's going to be that's going to be what you see right there. Email. Next up, okay. Let's look at and then placeholder is just what what you see before you start typing. Sorry, I'm losing my mic. I'm rather impressed that it's staying on as well as it is. Okay, let's look at my name is type text placeholder full name ID name. What do you notice, though? There is no name equals. So nothing from this form is going to be pushing out a post, uh, 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 any post to the form. So it's literally just null. So I need to go name equals name. Does that make sense? So the name that I'm sending to post is name. If you want it to make a little bit more sense, so it's not name name, we could say full name. That's easy enough. Why don't we leave it like that? Next up, we know it's not sending my message. So here's the text area. We know the same thing is true. We've got a placeholder. We've got the ID, but there's no name. So let's add somewhere in here, name equals message. Okay. Now I save that. I'm going to upload it. Now I need to open my file again because I've made changes to the HTML portion. So a refresh, because it was submitted already, is not going to fix that. So now that I've refreshed, uh, actually reloaded the file, now let's try. So I'm going to enter my full name, Robbie Ferguson, enter my email address, live at category5.tv, and now enter my message. Hello there. Here is my test message. Oh, and I still don't have it. Let's see what's going on here. PHP, and we've got name, email. Name, message. Did I do it? Let's try. 
the quick way. There we go. I don't know. I mustn't have refreshed correctly. There we go. Okay. So Robbie Ferguson. Keep it clean. <laughs> okay. There we go. So now when I submit, there we are. My refresh mustn't have worked the first time. So now I'm sending full name. I'm sending email. And I'm sending message, but all I'm doing is I'm print ring it. I'm outputting it to the browser. And again, that's not going to do anything. There's no parsing happening. There's no uh, code that's going to actually send this as an email. So we're going to continue on after the news. Uh, what we want to do is we want to actually learn to interpret that information that's being submitted by the form. And when we do that, we're going to send it as an HTML email. So I'm going to show you all about how to do that. We're going to authenticate with, a, uh, with an actual pop, uh, SMTP server so that your email is going out authenticated. What that means in LaySpeak is you're less likely to get flagged as being a spammer, and it's going to be a lot more uh, robust than using PHP's inbuilt uh, function for mail. So let's uh, let's head on over to the newsroom. Sasha, what do you got tonight? Well, it's Tuesday, October 28, 2014, and here are the stories we're covering this week. A customer was denied warranty for a desktop computer in a major computer store in the UK because he had deleted the pre-installed Windows operating system and had Linux on it. What? Uh-huh. A U.S. federal district court has locked down the assets of one of the phone scammers claiming to be Microsoft. Linux knowledge is fast becoming a top recruitment priority for hiring managers. No Linux? You might have a competitive edge against other applicants. And Google has blacklisted Delicious, and it could hurt your search engine if you're still... Your search engine standings if you link to it. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the story of Operation Christmas Child. To some, it may just be a shoebox. But to millions, it is the start of the greatest journey. Traveling the world. Sent with prayer. Shoebox gifts. Fill the hearts of children from over 100 different countries with hope, faith, and love. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Most Linux, Linux users these days wouldn't give a second thought to installing Linux on their new computers. They know that times have changed, and the operating system is ignored for warranty procedures especially for hardware failures, and it would seem ridiculous to think otherwise. Why would a store care what operating system you've installed on your computer or laptop, especially if it's broken? Who would make such a rule and why? It seems that there is at least one major retail computer store that still practices this, and it's in the UK. The store in question is none other than Curry's PC World a business that has more than 350 stores in the UK and Ireland, and it's been around for more than 100 years. It's difficult to find alternatives or to avoid it when you really need something. The problem is that, besides size, the store also comes up with some made-up rules that can be set despite 
they're being in contradiction with European law. Can I just interject? Yes. As someone who is personally almost 100 years old, <laughs> that is infuriating. I agree. How dare you tell me I can't install Linux? I want Linux. I know, especially now that everybody's starting to recognize Linux, which we will hear about in the third story. Roy Shechowitz, who sounds like a re relative of yours today, is a tech journalist who focuses on open source and Linux. Following a recent experience at Curry's, he wrote on his blog that once you install GNU Linux, even if it's dual bo boot with, with Windows, no damage to hardware would be covered by the warranty. I can't believe that. If you are ever denied warranty just because you have Linux on your device, you need to know that it's not legal. Make sure you ask beforehand when you buy a PC or a laptop if Linux will affect your warranty. It might influence your decision to do business in that store. A U.S. federal district court has ordered the shutdown of a tech support operation said to have deceptively earned $2.5 million from consumers. A New York federal court on Friday ordered the shutdown of telemarketing firm incorporated in the states accused by the Federal Trade Commission of selling bogus software and support under false claims that consumers' PCs were loaded with viruses, spyware, and system errors. The injunction was granted in the absence of the accused company and its chief operators ahead of and its chief operators ahead of a trial to be decided by the court at a later date. The court on Friday also ordered a freeze on the defendant's assets to ensure restitution funds are available in the event the FTC wins its case. According to the FTC's complaint, the company had made nearly $2.5 million since 2012 by cold calling targets and selling bogus warranty and software programs at a cost of $149 to $249, though some targets were charged up to $600. Jessica Rich, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Production, said in a statement that the company targeted seniors and other vulnerable populations preying on their lack of computer knowledge to sell security software and programs that no, had no value at all. Despicable. Unbelievable. <sighs> okay. IT is changing organizations across the globe, impacting enterprises, governments, and, wider public and the wider public sector. Open source, in particular, is a driver in innovation, giving organizations a competitive edge and an ability to scale and adapt to changing market demands. According to the 2014 Linux job report, demand for Linux expertise continues to grow, with hiring managers across a number of industries citing Linux talents as one of the top recruitment priorities this year. Unsurprisingly, with more government IT transformation projects underway in Asia-Pacific, the need to reinvest in government employees' skills is also on the rise. 
This may be due to legacy systems often built on proprietary platforms and supported by IT teams with skill sets limited by the technologies they had to maintain. The demand for Linux expertise is so high that salaries are being driven above industry norms, in turn causing these Linux professionals to identify Linux knowledge as a career-advancing tool. President of Technology for Professional Website DICE, Shraven Goli, explained that enterprises are increasingly describing Linux as core to the business. He said, Hiring managers are turning up the dial on incentives offered to technology talent with Linux skills. These, are profession these professionals are working on projects tightly aligned with a future vision of what enterprise looks like. What great news. In a move that caught many publishers off guard, Google blacklisted bit.ly several days ago. We started seeing spotty reports of Delicious being blacklisted over the weekend and it has now gone full-blown with all Delicious links apparently being blacklisted by Chrome as hosting malware. Delicious has changed hands several times over the years and recently was resold earlier this year to Science Inc. The site gets more traffic than BitLie according to Alexa. So the impact of this may be wider than BitLie's blacklisting over the weekend. BitLie has been removed from Google's safe browsing list, which is the list that Google maintains of known malicious websites that engage in malware distribution and phishing. According to Google's safe browsing page on Delicious, of the 370 pages Google tested, 69 pages resulted in malicious software being downloaded and installed without user consent. It goes to say that over the 90-day testing period, the top-level domain, Ishus, appeared to function as an intermediary for the infection of bit.ly, which suggests that the blacklisting of delicious is related to that of bit.ly. If you have a website that links to these services, it's important to understand that even if you disagree with Google's assessment of Delicious, if the site remains blacklisted, linking to it may in fact harm your search ranking. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Introducing Belltone First, a revolutionary new hearing aid. So small you can hardly see it. So comfortable you can hardly feel it. For the first time ever, you can control hearing aids directly from your iPhone. Pick up the phone, listen to music, and use your hearing aids like wireless headphones. Hear everything that matters. Try Belltone First. For a free trial, call 1-800-BELLTONE. Now. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 371. You know, for not having any teeth, you did pretty well. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's tough, eh? It's tough. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a slidey mask I here. discovered something new. What's that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> The creepiest thing I can do is this. 
Yeah, you were kind of you were adjusting your chin there yeah. a little bit, which was kind of awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Welcome to this <laughs> the dress up Halloween special of Category Five TV. <laughs> All right, carrying along where we left off. Lots of fun tonight as we learn how to program PHP to submit a form online. Okay, this is where we're at. So we've got that information that's been submitted to an array. We know now how that is coming across. We know the fields and everything is being submitted. So we need to know now, okay, well, what do we want to do with that information? I mentioned a little bit there about the fact that we don't want to use PHP's mail function. A couple of things. First of all, if you use mail... Right, The function that is included in PHP 1, you are reliant entirely on the mail server that is built into that web server. So that might be Postfix or whatever you're using. And so if it is misconfigured, you are definitely going to get flagged as a spammer uh, if you're submitting emails uh, to other people. You might not receive the emails because it might get marked as spam. It just doesn't work quite as well. But the key thing for me is that the mail function doesn't do very well with HTML-based email. I like to stylize my emails a little bit so they look nice. You know, bolds and a little bit of colors, maybe a background or something like that. So tonight we're going to use something a little bit different. We're going to use something called PHP Mailer. You don't want to have to reinvent the mail class all by yourself. You might as well use one that is tried and true. Perhaps the most popular uh, PHP mailing class is PHP Mailer. So I'm going to grab that for you off of GitHub. It's available at github.com slash phpmailer, as you may have guessed, uh, except it's got capital PHPM. There you go. There's the address. I'm going to post that in the ch- in the uh, show notes for episode number 371 for you so you can download it. So what do I do? All right. I'm going to go over to the right-hand side here and go download zip. There we go. Open it with the archive manager. And there's my file. It's got a folder full of this class. I want the whole thing. I'm just going to extract that, throw it on my desktop. I'm good to go. Show the files. And what was it called? PHP Mailer. There it is. All right? Good. Go back to my awesome website that I'm creating this on, and I'm just going to drag and drop that folder. Just plop. There it goes. I think. Let's try again. Plop. There it goes. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong voice. <laughs> I know. It's uploading now. So that is the class that's going to allow me to send uh, email through PHP, but in a much classier... <laughs> Did I say that? In a much classier format. I can do HTML email. But here's the other thing. Okay, what what do you think, Sasha, that PHP's mail function does not offer you? I mentioned that it has... It uses the server-side uh-huh. mailing functions. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that works on Unix, on Linux, on OS X, OS X. But where does it fail? Windows servers, right? Right. You don't have a mail server necessarily on your Windows server. You might be running Exchange or whatever, but you don't have that kind of connectivity. You need to have SMTP authentication. What? What is right? What did the old guy just say? STMP. When, yeah, SMTP. SMTP. <laughs> so when when you send an email, you're you're going to authenticate as a user, so that the recipient server can say, "Oh yeah, that was Sasha that sent that email." Okay. Well, if your email is being sent unauthenticated, then you the, the server has no way to say, "Yeah, that's definitely Sasha." Not that you know those things can be spoofed and everything, but it's a really good. 
and, and, and reliable way to authenticate yourself and to, to actually uh, avoid getting dropped into spam filters automatically. So tonight we're going to, the PHP mailer is, is partially going to provide that for us. Let's look at our script here. Here we go. All right, let's get rid of our printr statement. We don't need that anymore. Real simple stuff here. Uh, who do we want the recipient to be? Well, we're gonna let's create an array because we already learned that. I believe it was in part two of this series. So we're gonna go to and the email address. And I, I've set up just a, a temporary email address here for me to use. So watch what I'm doing here. Demo 371 because it's episode 371 at promail.ca. There we go. And then to and name. And let's say this is Robbie Ferguson because th that's who it's going to be sent to. Who's it going to be from? Well, we know that from email, let's do an array again, is going to be equal to post email, right? We know that. However, there's a big, big problem with what I just typed. Do never do it. And that is that this would allow server injection. Remember, PHP is a server-side script language, right? And I am just automatically assuming that what they have posted is in fact an email address? Well, what if they have posted something that's going to inject SQL into my MySQL database or maybe drop a file onto my server and then wipe out my hard drive? Well, I, I've now opened myself up to an injection attack is what it's called. We need to sanitize that input. Anytime that a user has the capability of typing something in and then your server actually interprets that data, you need to sanitize it. So that is to say, if I sent, rather than an email address, some code that would be interpreted and could exploit your server, if it's sanitized, that code is stripped away. And so I can rest assured that if it's not an email address, it will just fail. It won't exploit my server. So easy peasy way to do this, and I'm not getting into security best practices or cryptography or anything tonight. What I'm gonna do though is just the real simple, strip tags and that's going to pull anything that they might try to inject that is a tag so that is anything that's not plain text i should say name same thing strip tags dollar sign post name uh, we went full name just to differentiate there didn't we there we go okay so we we know who it's to we know who it's from we've got those arrays created with the email and the name that we're going to be sending from and to and now we need to find out what our message is, which is going to be strip tags, right? We're sanitizing that real simple way. That don't, that's not the end all be all. That's just a real quick way for me to do this live. I want you to learn a little bit more about security though, okay? And we'll, t we'll cover that on a future show. So now that I've got that, now I've got all those things set up in both that array, those two arrays and the uh, string for dollar sign message, okay? So I've got all the data ready to go. So what do I do? I need to actually require that uh, that code that we downloaded, the PHP mailer. So I'm gonna actually require once, which means do this once. It's, it's absolutely required for the functionality of my script. However, we don't wanna accidentally include it twice. We're just gonna require it once. So I'm gonna say, okay, well that is in the PHP mailer dash master folder. And the file that I want to uh, require is PHP mailer autoload.php and keep in mind everything is case sensitive because this is a Linux server. So if I've done that right, it should be okay. So that is now going to require PHP mailer to be autoloaded so that now I have access to that class and the functionality of that class. So 
what I want to probably do is wrap this whole thing so that it's not going to do these things if somebody hasn't actually submitted the form. And it's nice and easy to do that. Let's just say if, uh, I don't know, let's say strlen. So we're checking the string length of uh, dollar sign post name. So that if they submitted a name, well, let's use message. That would be more accurate, I think. So I'm going to scan. I'm going to test how long is the message that they've sent, and if it is greater than zero. So I know that okay, yeah, something has been posted to the form. Then I'm going to do all this stuff. Don't need to do it if we're if they haven't actually posted anything. That would be ridiculous because they haven't actually done anything. So why load all this stuff and then just get a PHP error? So I've required that, and now uh, I've gotten into the habit whenever I create a new function of first testing if that function already exists. You know, I used require once. Well, what happens if I try to create a function that already exists? It's going to block out, and I'm gonna, my script is going to crash. So I've just gotten into the good habit. It's not going to affect this script, but I'm going to teach you how to do that, of just saying, if this is not function exists, my mail. Okay, I, I use my mail as the example. I'm just going to call this function my mail. That's how we're going to send our email, and it's actually going to be a function that uses the class PHP Mailer. So we're calling it my mail. You can call it whatever you like. But now that I know that the function does not exist, I'm going to actually declare it function my mail, and then let's tell it what we want to receive to from message. Okay, so those are the three required variables for my message to be able to be sent using this new MyMail uh, uh, function. So I'm going to create a new uh, class object here for PHP Mailer. So I'm going to go uh, $mail equals new PHP Mailer underscore. That is a, uh, a part of the PHP Mailer system to be able to do that. That's why I needed to require that system. So now we're going to actually assign, we're going to say this is going to be SMTP authenticated. We're going to do that using the class, or the object, I should say. Uh, we're going to actually specify is SMTP. Just like that. Nice and simple. We want to use SMTP authentication for the reasons that I said. Uh, we want to actually send through a mail server so that even if I don't have a mail server set up on my PHP server, it's going to go through because I'm going to authenticate just as if I was using an email application. So basically we're creating an email application here to do this. So now we want to push out uh, to the object the username. And this is the username of what? The SMTP server. Okay. Which is Simple Mail Transfer Protocol. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, way to go! <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't remember these acronyms. <laughs> That's right. All Thanks, right. chat room. Way to go, chat room. Okay, so we got the username. What do you think the next one is? Oh, I don't know. Password? Yeah, yeah. I'm way ahead of you. Okay, so my <laughs> password is... Alright. Okay, so that's my username and password for my mail server. And I will change that immediately following the show. I want to use TLS for my secure uh, protocol. This is the encryption that I'm going to use because this is the other thing. I'm going to be actually sending this email through an encrypted server connection. <gasps> what? Nice. Right from my PHP script? That's awesome. Okay. 
Now, next up, we want to assign my from. Who's it from? Well, we already know that that is going to come from email. Right, this is the email address of the front. And then who's it going to be from as far as their name goes? We're going to say from name. Now these are all part of the object that exists, uh, that is uh, created using PHP Mailer. So this is going to be from name. Okay. Notice that is, that is what I assigned up here. So next up, we need to tell it uh, where we're going to send it to. Let's say mail, add address. So this is one of the addresses that we're going to send it to. And we're in fact actually only sending it to one address, but we need to tell it the name, uh, the email address first. So to email, and then comma, and then the uh, the recipient's name, which is to name. All right. So that will actually that function of that object is going to push out to my email address. Awesome couple more steps and if I've lost you already don't worry the payoff is coming we're going to send an email it's going to be awesome <laughs> serious this is what people you install Thunderbird and you set it up and oh look I can send an email we're actually building the program to do this folks and we're going to do it in 15 minutes flat so that's pretty awesome we have seven minutes flat, Robbie. We have seven minutes? <laughs> I'm old, and I, I move at a slower pace. So let's see what I can do. Okay. We really have seven minutes? Yeah. That's awesome. I was really hoping that we only had seven minutes. Okay. We need to, we need to wrap our text because some email applications may have trouble if your uh, lines are not wrapped. Okay. So we're going to go 70 characters, and then it's going to wrap the output of the email. It's not actually going to do a carriage return or anything like that, because keep in mind, these are HTML emails. Well, how do I specify that? Well, mail is HTML. True. Easy. Okay. So now, what's my subject? This is important. You have to have this. Otherwise, yeah, it's not even going to go through, because it's going to think it's spam. you got to have a subject. An email from your website. That can be anything at all. Okay. There we go. And next up, uh, we need to actually have our message. So mail, message, oh, no body is what I'm looking for, as a matter of fact, equals, and what are we doing? Dollar sign message, right? Dollar sign mail, this is interesting. Notice what I'm doing is I'm creating an alternate body. Why am I doing that? Well, not everybody has an HTML mail application. So we want to have a plain text version of the email automatically generated so that they're able to receive it. Also, this is good for anti-spam as well because if there isn't a plain text version, you might have trouble getting through to some mail applications. So the alternate body, which is going to be just nothing but text, we're going to go uh, strip tags. We already learned about that function because it's going to actually strip away any tags that are in this so that, in this case, is going to be bolds and things like that. Uh, and here's something that's really important. Well, let's look at strip tags and say dollar sign message. That is all fine and good, but what happens with your carriage returns? Is uh, All your carriage returns are just going to end up being deleted. Strip tags is going to pull them out. So if you've got hello, comma, enter, how are you? It's going to go hello, comma, how are you? No space, no carriage return, nothing. But I want to do better than that. I want to turn this into a text-based carriage return. So we're going to actually change this using preg replace and we're going to do a little bit, uh, just a little tiny bit of regex. 
All right, nice and easy, nothing too complicated. We're going to take that. Notice I've opened another bracket, so I need to put I need to close that off with another bracket at the end. So preg replace is going to use regex in order to replace something within dollar sign message. What is it we're going to replace? Here it is. We need to open it with an apostrophe. We need to escape with a slash, and we're going to go br. Watch me now. Watch me. And what are we going to replace it with? So that's our regex for a carriage return. All right. So what it means is if they have a slash or if they don't, it doesn't matter. But if you find a br, let's replace it with. And we'll do slash. Uh, no. Oh, notice what I was about to do there. Slash n. With apostrophes, is going to be interpreted as slash n. With quotes, it's going to be interpreted as. Notice how it went orange there. It is now a text-based carriage return. There's a difference between apostrophes and hard uh, quotes when it comes to that kind of thing. All right, so that now we're going to take every carriage return and turn it into a text-based carriage return. So we're pretty much ready. All we need to do is actually send that email. Let's say we, we're going to wrap everything in an if statement because we want to actually know whether this worked or not. So if the mail is able to be sent, right, with send, do this. So we'll say return true. Else, so this means, well, if it didn't send OK, return false. Okay, so now outside of our function here, what's our final step? We've created the functions. If I haven't done any syntax errors, we're going to actually be able to send an email Ooh. upon send. Yes. We've already wrapped it in if strlen, which is string length, is greater than zero on the message form field. So we know they've submitted the form. So within that if statement, we'll actually send it. Let's try actually sending it. So we don't want to get outside of this bracket. I love how uh, Pluma gedit actually highlights the the bracket that is associated with the one that is that you're touching. So here I'm going to actually try. All right, let's do it. Um, let's use that function that we created. It's called my mail, right? And we're going to pipe to it dollar sign two, which is the array that we created at the top, dollar sign from, which is the other array, and dollar sign message. Notice that the mymail function is asking for this data. Calling the mymail function is in fact pushing the data. I've named them the same, but actually within the function they can be named whatever they whatever you want, as long as I'm pushing the data correctly. So this is saying if it actually returned true that it was able to send mail using those variables. Then I will actually say, uh, you know what, just for the sake of time, I'm going to use an exit statement and I'm going to say uh, email sent. You'd want to parse that a little better, create a variable or something like that that says, you know, a result. Else, okay, so this failed, exit email failed. All right, so I'm just pushing an exit only because of the sake of time. Can I ask you a quick question? Absolutely. I would I would love love a question. Cuz I'm with you so far. Okay. But I'm just wondering if you could post some links. Well, what I'm actually doing if you go to demo.cat5.tv/018, you can download the source code. Uh, you can download it as a txt file and I've also created uh, a diff file for you to be able to follow along using a diff um, uh, file that is output from the diff command. Okay. So you can see the difference between okay. the two files, the HTML file that I started with and what I've created tonight. Thank so you. All of that stuff is available for you right there. Demo.cat5.tv slash 018.
Okay, so if uh, now I save that, I've uploaded it. Uh, everything looks like it uh, should work okay. I'm not getting a syntax error when I when I open the script. So let's take a look. Let's see what happens. Robbie Ferguson, email address live at category5.tv, and my message is hello there. Okay, I'm gonna hit send. Email failed. Well, why did it fail? Let's take a quick boo here. But notice what happened there. It did run through all the stuff that we wanted it to do. But what did we do wrong? Let's take a look. Da, 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 to email, yeah, to name, yeah. Okay, download authentication. Uh, let's make sure, I'm going to make absolutely sure that I'm authenticating correctly. So I'm going to actually sign into my email account. That would be the first thing to check. So uh, let's see, we have demo371 at promail.ca, demo371 at promail.ca, paste in the password. Okay, I'm in, I'm good. Okay, so TLS, yes, <sighs> from email. And two, that all looks good. Syntax is good, we're not getting a syntax error. Email from the website body message straight. Okay, that's all good. This is the moment of truth. Okay. What we'll do here, I'm going to rename that form because just before the show, I gave it a quick little test. I'm going to throw a tilde on that and I'm going to come back to it after the show. We're going to find out what is actually going on. Email failed. What? TV. <laughs> what? What? Why are you laughing? I am out of practice. It's been 60 years I spent in that closet. <laughs> All right, so we've got PHP mailer. Do we have. Yeah, we've got it required. That's good. Message, strip tags, post message. Yeah. Okay. So, what I'm going to do here, this is a little bit of diagnostics. This is how we work, right? We're gonna go, let's try, printr. Yeah, no, I've got all that. Okay, printr uh, to email, to name, from email, from name, we're good. That's all good, strip tags, good. Notice I didn't have to add strip tags to these because this is not injected by the user. If I scroll down, yeah, 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 function is this, my mail, function, my mail. Make sure my brackets match up. I'm good. Turn true. Set mail. Send. Well. What did I do wrong? I don't know. I know. Hmm. <laughs> replace. I'm sure I got it. I'm sure I got this, folks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's give one, you know what? I'm going to give it one try here. This is our fail safe. Always have a fallback plan, folks. <laughs> Did I? Yes, full name, email, email, call it message. Call it email. Call it full name. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. Well, I know it's cheating. I know it is. But what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm pretty sure that I just made a very simple syntax error there because we are rushing through and I'm, I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm very, very old. However, I, I have created a script there that is working just perfectly fine. I'm going to find the difference between those two files and I'm going to post them up right there on 018demo.cat5.tv slash 018. And uh, that's just one of those unfortunate things. I must have typed out something. But I'm going to find out what it is. I'm going to put a little text file there called readme.txt. That file is going to explain exactly what I did incorrectly while live on the air and why it's, uh, why it's processing just fine. So now, if I go over here, now with the file that I'm going to give you, uh, you're going to be able to see how this email was created and everything is just hunky-dory and looks beautiful. And it has some HTML up at the top there so that you can see exactly uh, how that works. So that is a part of this bootstrap contact form.php. Now keep in mind at the beginning of the show I said, well, you can't view the source of PHP. Obviously, if I click view source, that's all I get. And so I don't actually have the source. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to give it to you as a TXT file. So the TXT file, you can actually open it up and you'll have access to the PHP source. There you go! <sighs> I know! That felt a little like it took 60 years. It kind of did. <laughs> so thank you very much for being with us tonight. This is Category 5 Technology TV. been a lot of fun. How's your face? Sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful week, everybody, and uh, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to go to our website, category5.tv. Find out more about the show. Register online. Next week, I will look a little bit more normal, and so will Sasha. <laughs> See you next week. Take care, everybody. Good night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 